time for Rolling Dice and Taking Names. And on this episode, Marty and Tony review Master of Wills, Bring Us the Flying Squirrels, and they also announce the anniversary contest winners. Welcome again to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode number 162. I'm so sorry. And this is Tony. And this is Marty. And this is six shares of background noise. That's right. From Matt Anderson on our pop ledge, he gave us our new tagline, Marty. We've been providing background noise for gamers for six years straight. And we hope to do it to continue to do it for many more years. When Matt posted that and our in our Slack channel, I just busted out laughing. I said, that's perfect. That's the perfect slogan. Oh, it's going to be splashed everywhere. I can see it right now on the splash page for this episode. I think the BGG Guild's going to have it spotted over there. Facebook's going to have it. The sound of a lawnmower making a background noise is probably more pleasing than us. Exactly. I mean, we're there every night. You know how some of the, each night you can have like a white noise generator. You could tell Alexa or whatever, say, play white noise to put you to sleep. That's exactly yes. what we are. And this couldn't have been more appropriate. So the other night we had some friends over. Uh, they they were came over and they had driven their daughter out to ECU, which is in Greenville, North Carolina, right? A long way from us. Right. And they were coming back and y- your sister went there, didn't she? Yes, she did. All right. See how I'm tying that in? Bringing in the family. Out. Y- you're doing a fantastic Thank job. Thank you. So anyway, they were they were on their way back and it's a long drive. And she goes... Tom, let's put in Tony's podcast and listen to it on the drive. Now, these people don't play games, but they were kind of curious what it sounded like. And he says, don't take offense to this. Uh Uh-oh. There will never be any offense to someone telling me we suck. We hear this all the time. And he goes, you know what? The first 15 minutes was pretty good. But when y'all started talking about games, oh my God. Oh, gosh, that's so funny, because last episode we talked about people getting upset. Would you guys talk about games and stop talking about lawnmowers? So for those people who listen to our show who aren't gamers, and Tony, they're out there. I've had people tell me, look, I'm not much of a gamer, but I enjoy listening to your show. We now know we just can't please everybody. we got to throw some games in there. I guess when we do, that's when the non-gamers turn us off. So, yeah, so I was thinking we were background noise until we got to the games. Then he was like, okay, this is going, we got a long drive. I can't fall sleep at the wheel. So I'm like, okay, I understand that. But you didn't ask me about the song title. You never gave me a break to. So uh, this is by Imagine Dragons, who was actually the halftime show in the uh, football championship game the other night between Alabama and Clemson. I have never seen them live. And you know, I don't think I'm going to, but uh, go ahead and tell me why this song. Because of the recent play we had where you and I had to sit at the table and every time we had something happen in the rule book, I'd look at you and go, man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I, I thought I was ready for this, but hold on, let me flip the page. Here, you you look at the rule book. Uh, no, but no, but I'm glad you put that on the table. We're going to be talking about it later. I believe you're talking about Undertow, right? Yeah, Too Many Bones, Undertow by Chip Theory. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yes. Yeah, that's one of those games that uh, we've been itching to get to the table. We finally did, and we'll, we'll be talking about that later. And we'll pull the curtains back and, and show you some little behind-the-scenes stuff. We actually recorded our first episode of the year about two weeks before Christmas. So, mm-hmm. Tony, you and I haven't talked or recorded in like a little over three weeks. We've had Christmas. We've had New Year's. You and I have played a lot of different games and done a lot of different things. So you and I got a lot of catching up to do. Yes, we did. And matter of fact, I was in Florida over Christmas and I'm back in Florida again for work. It's 83 degrees down here. And I'm sorry, it's January. I am messed up. Hey, have you gone to see Bonacore? Are you anywhere near him? No, he's on the other side of the state. I'm over in, well, actually I'm in the middle. I'm in Orlando during Christmas. We were at St. Pete. So no. Um, and then Christmas was 85 degrees. I was like, holy cow. But you're right. You got, and you were rubbing it in. I'm seeing all this in in the Slack going on. Hey, we're going to go play games all day at Saturday at Marty's. I'm in Florida. Yeah, we know you are. (laughs) Hey, what do y'all want to bring? What do you want to bring? We're going to play the new Game of Thrones expansion. Yeah, I know. I'm in Florida. Shut up. Well, now I know you, Tony, and you were probably kind of relieved that you weren't here to play the Game of Thrones and its expansion. Actually, I'm not. Because one, I've read the books. I've watched the stories and i actually enjoyed when we played that game with uh well it was jamie and chris you and i rodney and pep uh down at the seamon expo one year and i'd really like to play that because i didn't play it very well because i didn't understand it the first time so i would have probably i I really do want to play it even though it's a long game i remember we said it took us five hours and i thought you're like oh my gosh five hours it this one took a while but here's the the funny thing we played with the expansion the mother of dragons was just came out and this is one of mark kell's favorite games he is a uh, a big fan of the second edition of the game and mark kell is the guy that's been on our show a few times of part of the scurry report so he was super excited to get the expansion to the table and i must say that the expansion is worth getting if you enjoy Game of Thrones. Now, Tony, when you played, we played with the full range of people. So we didn't have the problem that uh, some people have when you play with, play with less than six. Because what happens, there's empty spots on the board. There's just like neutral areas that people can go and claim. And one of the complaints against the game is like those areas were too easy to get. And so what they've done is they've uh, created these things called vassals. The board is fully populated with all the different factions from Game of Thrones, but each round, one of the players is going to control those factions. And so they, they, and those factions are called the, the vassals of the game. So uh, during a person's turn, they take their turn and, and move their guys around. And if they're controlling one of those other factions, when it gets to them on the, the turn order, then they'll move those guys around. And that and who controls it can, can change from, from turn to turn. But what that does is, is that keeps somebody from taking over easily a certain area of the board, and it just made the game flow quicker. So uh, if people who had an issue with the game of like, look, we really got to get six to play this game, you don't need that anymore because they fixed that problem. Oh, okay. I would like to play it again. Uh, I especially what it sounds like with the expansion really does help out a lot from that standpoint. I mean, I, I did, I really did enjoy it when we played. So I'd like, kind of like to play that one more, more so than some of the longer other games, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's, it's a fun little social thing because there is some of the, the, the backstabby and diplomacy type aspects, but they also, the other big thing they added was the Targaryens as a playable faction, uh, which adds another map. And as the Targaryens, you have access to dragons, which you can control, but their wind condition is totally different than everybody else, which is really cool. For everybody else, the wind condition is try to claim as many spots with castles as possible, but you can lose those castles. 
Uh, with the dragons at the end of each round, random tokens will come out on different spots on the map. And if the Targaryens can take over that spot, they claim a token that was placed there, but they can't lose that token. So if they get seven tokens, they win. Whereas everybody else, if you get seven castles, they win. So uh, it does add a, a little bit different. Now, I don't think we want to play until we get the mat. So Mark Kell jumped in and paid 40 bucks for this new nice neoprene mat, which is the same price as the expansion, but it will help the, the board layout look a little bit better because the way that expansion board's added to the existing board, it kind of breaks the map up into two sections. And where is our map? for the Mayor Nostrum. Why, why haven't you jumped in on that one? I need to hit up Academy Games and see if they still have those. They keep selling out of those things. And uh, Mari Nostrum, right? Another one of those games that we all sit around the table and go, you know what I really want to play again? Mari Nostrum. And <laughs> we haven't done it since then. That would be a tough pick. If you put those two out on the table, I know we're, we're squirreling a little bit here, but that'd be hard for me. I, I really do want to play Game of Thrones. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that mm -hmm. game a lot. It, now, it's going to take me 30 minutes to freaking learn the game again, but maybe I'll watch a few videos. It's not too bad to learn, and Mark did a good job of teaching it. I just had to get the rule, rules refreshed, but once you get them down, it, it flows pretty quick. Is there a Watch It Played video on this, or is it kind of like Star Wars Rebellion? Honestly, I have no idea and you've kind of put me on the spot here so oh, I, I, I didn't know if you were out researching looking for the rules no. if you may have come across it since somebody was going to be joining us and knew how to play the game well, I'll just let them teach me right oh yeah and is now can you still pick up Game of Thrones oh yeah no no you can still get it because okay. that would suck if they released an expansion for it but you couldn't get the base game well we are talking fantasy flight oh bam oh, oh my gosh go. why are you throwing oh. shade beginning of the year are you throwing shade at FFG for some reason you mean talking about how like how hard it is to get Keyforge decks you mean that oh yeah things like that it's hot it's hot it's out of print no no it's out of stock it's out oh or, or who knows what else oh oh I don't know like maybe Star Wars dice game or destiny destiny yeah. it's star wars dice game i don't remember that game's that game's dead something <laughs> <laughs> that is dead it's just that we don't play it anymore okay okay it's dead to me all right i can't help that what else did you get to play because for me I'm not really going to talk about my games here that I got to play over the holidays because I'm going to cover that in a Flying Squirrel segment because it will actually only take two minutes for me to do. Well, to be honest with you, uh, aside from that big game, we did play like Kalimala like every, after everybody left, but we've already talked about that game. A new game I did get to try and I've been excited to try was Kitchen Rush from Stronghold Games. And I have always been a big fan of the video game Overcooked. Uh, which is a video game where you play as a cook and you can play with other people. You can play uh, with Overcooked 2. You can play online with others, but it's most fun playing couch co-op where each of you have a cook and the goal is try to take orders from the restaurant, get the ingredients, cook the food, and then plate the food and then and then get it out there. It's a real-time video game and, you, and your time on how quick you can do it. So Kitchen Rush is a kind of like a board game version of that. It's a real-time co-op game where the real-time is done with sand timers. Everybody has a sand timer on the term, and their sand timer is basically a worker. So say, for example, if I want to go to the storage facility to get some ingredients, I take my sand timer and I turn it over and put it in that spot. And I can't use it again until the timer runs out. 
when the timer runs out, I can move it to the kitchen and then spend time cooking the food. Or I can move the sand timer over to the sink in order to clean plates. Or I can move the sand timer over to get a new order that needs to be fulfilled. But there are four people doing this at one time, Tony, and it's a small kitchen. So there's not enough spaces to cook for everybody. There's not enough spaces in the, in the storage facility to get the food. So you work together. It's like, hey, uh, like when you, can you go to the office and can you go to the store and can you get me this type of food and, food and can you put it in this storage container? And somebody will say, oh my gosh, I need a large plate. Can somebody go to the sink and clean a large plate and give it to me? So it's this constant banner going back and forth and these sand timers moving all over the board. If you're a fan of Overcooked, you've got to try this board game. And if you're not, it's one of the best real-time co-op games I've ever played. Ever? Yes. Because here's the thing. I think it's hard to make a real-time co-op game that works well. And thematically, this one was really, really good. Really good. See, I've never played Overcooked. And mm-hmm. I know you're not surprised by that because I don't load up what you would call it, Steam. So I don't have it there. I don't have those fancy new computer systems like One or PS4 or what is it? Stitch, Switch, whatever Nintendo. Oh, yeah. We'll be talking about a Switch in a second because <laughs> that that is a sweet system. And so, but it does sound interesting. So, yeah, it doesn't take long to play, right? That's the beauty of it. Real-time caught games typically don't take long because uh, each round is only like four minutes. Mm-hmm. There's only so many rounds, so it's a fixed time and the game is over. So the only time in between rounds is kind of resetting up the board again, which only takes a couple minutes. So the game moves really quick. And this game can came out like over in uh, like an Origins. I remember the first time Bonacore had it out on the table was like an Origins. I said, oh my gosh, Steven, I got to play that. And I've been waiting anxiously wanting a chance to play it. And with the boys all home, we love Overcooked. We got a chance to try it out and we really enjoyed it. You know, it's, it's interesting that he's able to find another use of timers because, you know, Time and Space used uh, hourglass timers too, didn't it? I think it did. So he can recycle those. <laughs> <laughs> he could he could pull the sand timers out of that game and put them in this one. Yeah, I mean, I I think it was cool stuff that had that poor game on sale for three ninety nine. But it's been around. Oh my heavens! I mean, time and space was. What, I remember going to Gen Con and sitting down to play that. I mean, that was that was enjoyable. But I mean, that was twenty thirteen, and you know, five years ago was a long six time. years ago. Six, oh my gosh, twenty nineteen. There's my first mistake of twenty nineteen. Hey, you know what the nice thing is, though, uh, the fact we've gone to electronic payments and everything. I don't screw up my checks now because I never write checks anymore when I'm filling in the year. When I rented a car for work this time, I had to fill in the year, and I was like. Wait for it. Wait for it. Okay, yeah, now I'm good. 2019. Okay, I got it. I know it. This is January 7th, 2019, or whenever I rented that car. I was like, okay, am I going to get this right? Okay, so yes, I'm traveling. I wonder if how many times I've recorded in a hotel this show. A lot more than I could probably count off the top of my head. You don't travel that often, but it seems when you do is our week to record. I try to time it so it's not our week to play games. Ah, that, that's smart. Or you nice. time it to where it happens to be the week we're supposed to be at Gen Con. Yes. As a matter of fact, I'm already planning that out. Oh, and in November, I'm already putting in my reservations. I'm going to be back up at Indy for a week to do some work. And so I'm, hey, man versus meeple. Hey, I expect a return. I don't know, chit chat or something. I'm 
I'll expect to be in the studio again, gentlemen. You think they listen to this show? No, no. I don't expect that at all. <laughs> just, just, it's just background noise. Even if they were listening to it, they didn't hear that part at all. Or as Matt just quoted on our pod pledge, Musac <laughs> for the board gamers. <laughs> That's right. Somebody else suggested that one too. Musac for board gamers. It's like uh, it's the, it's there, but you just don't really notice it unless it's really bad. It's like, oh, what is that? Oh man. So, like I said, I haven't talked to you since Christmas. Did you get any like cool games or anything for Christmas? Uh, no, I didn't. Not a single one. I didn't get... What did I get for Christmas? Oh, I, I, my wife and I, we bought ourselves a robo-vacuum. I've already covered that on the show. How's it work? Uh, it just goes around, and other than we had to save it when it attacked the Christmas tree, everything was good. Uh, I mean, yep. it ate the cords there. We did buy ourselves these awesome football tickets to the Tax Slayer Bowl, where our alma mater, you, me, and Donna, played... Well, didn't play... They may have showed up. No, I don't think they even showed up against Texas A&M. It was bad. I saw your picture. I think maybe Donna posted it on Facebook, and I told Vanessa, I'm glad I'm not there for this beating. Oh, I looked at Donna. I said, thank you for not buying these at face value. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, but the stadium, they they didn't sell the upper decks because it was where the Jaguars play. Neither can the Jaguars, but I'll leave it at that. They put all these bags on the back of seats and in in there was some Axe shampoo. And as Rebecca, who went with us, well, she had to because she was riding with us to Florida, said, nobody needs to have Axe shampoo. And I said, well, daddy's going to have some Axe shampoo. (laughs) And it had some Axe shampoo and Dove shampoo, but there was hardly anybody around us. So I think I brought home like, 20 bottles of shampoo and the and then they had foam fingers and guys were making um all kinds of symbols with the foam fingers because they were so bored during this game it was oh at least the weather was nice for it and then my daughter's team of course is national champions in football but we won't go any farther with that because we are not a podcast about sports we are about board games we're about everything we're about lawnmowers we're about donuts oh wait a minute which reminds me so our last episode we talked about donuts and we had this you and i talked about duncan versus crispy cream now i knew i knew that people were going to come out and they were going to say which one's their favorite duncan or crispy cream most people said my favorite's this little local place and I'll give it to you. Typically, local places are better, but when only comparing chains, you and I said we like Krispy Kreme. And, and people can have their own opinions about food. If you say, hey, I like Dunkin' better, that's fine. That's your opinion. You aren't wrong. But I got a bone to pick, Tony. Now, we have we have some great friends in, in, the, in the board game media uh, that we've made over the years. And one of those is our friends over at Blue Peg, Pink Peg. But Tony... One of those people may not be my friends anymore, and that is Mr. Green Peg himself, Jeremy, who on the day of our episode it came out, he responded to our episode post and said, and I quote, Krispy Kreme is just a mouthful of hot lard at their best, cold yeasty goop at their worst, gross Go Duncan. Okay, he's entitled to his opinion no matter how wrong it is. That's harsh. You could say, I like Duncan better. Okay, I respect that. But to call Krispy Kreme a mouthful of hot lard is just wrong. That's just wrong. Once again, but you pointed out, everybody's entitled to an opinion. That is not an opinion. That is just flat out false. 
Okay, okay. I'm not going to get in it with you about this. If you think it's false, that's fine. I don't want to cause issues between the pegs. I don't need some peg war going on here, okay? I don't need <laughs> and of that. Course, of course, it made me upset, so I got a little bit salty, and I said, well, it's... I, I said, you know, Duncan is fine. I have many for door stops and boat anchors. Matter of fact, there's a Duncan's right down the road from here. Maybe I should go try one and just compare it and take a picture of it like I did the Krispy Kreme. So naturally, I was curious. What is the consensus? And I found, like, several articles, you know, uh, what's more popular, Duncan or, or Krispy Kreme? And probably of the five articles that I found of polls, only one had like Duncan winning. Everybody else was Krispy Kreme. So even though people may have their opinions, there are an opinion that's a majority. Okay. So anyway, that just ruffled my feathers and I was fine until I brought it up again. So Jeremy, enjoy your Duncan. But for me, I'm going to have that sweet, delicious Krispy Kreme, baby. Now, you surprised me at the game store. You brought out a thing and you laid it on the table and I'm like, what's this? And as usual, I'm not well versed in the things that are going on in the world. Imagine that. (laughs) I'm not not versed. And he is not wrong. Uh, Sometimes... I'm sorry. It's just funny. When, When we're talking about things to talk about on the show, I will send Tony like articles of things maybe to talk about that may have uh, something like you may need to have previous knowledge of something to understand what the article is about. And so many times Tony would be like, why don't we want to talk about this? What does that have to do with anything? That's and right. it's, like, you, you, it's like, you just don't keep up and you don't. I don't know if it's the fact that I'm not on the internet very often or what, but you put on there something very cool, very neat. And then it showed up on um, the Friday favorites that um, Roy does for the Dice Tower, mm-hmm. where Kent Parker had one as well. And I go, I know what that is. And that's a quiver. I know what a quiver is. I know it keeps arrows in it. Mm-hmm. I think you were waiting for me to react and there was no reaction because I'm like, it looks like, I don't know, a, a case for a baton. I, I, I just wasn't in the know. But this thing is so freaking cool because I, I could have carried that with all the card games I took to Florida. Once again, you, you jump to the end of this story without any explanation whatsoever. There, there doesn't need to be. It just needs to be entertaining. <laughs> Well, we're not there yet, so we're going to keep working on it. Let me fill in the gaps before I came to the game store and gave that to you. So right before Christmas, uh, the the Quiver, if you haven't seen it, is this amazing product. Uh, It's basically a a long, narrow card holder. It's a product that is, uh, my gosh, Tony, help me out. What what, what do you say this is? Well, you know, it kind of looks like a Quiver that holds arrows or something. (laughs) That holds. (laughs) Imagine that, or it could be like, or like something that holds a flute. It looks like a flute, a long flute case. It's a long container that has a that could uh, zippered half so that you can open it up, and it's it's used for holding cards and a lot of cards and card games, etc. It has uh, segmented uh, areas within it with you where it has what do you call that stuff? Uh, The the soft fuzzy velcro. Velcro. My gosh. 
Tony, I'm having a senior moment. The Velcro, I had these nice little Velcro dividers that you can move in order to segregate your games and everything like that. It is a solid shell device where your games are not going to get damaged by it. It looks incredible. It doesn't look like a gaming, you know, a car gaming device. It doesn't look nerd or anything like that. Just like, like you said, it's almost like a really nice flute case. It has this nice strap that you can... Uh, like a shoulder strap that'll have it vertical down your back as opposed to long ways under your arm. It has a nice hand strap. So anyway, I was very interested in these and I've seen these before. So there was a sale on Amazon that uh, they were running. It's like for a special discount. I missed that sale. So I reached out to the on Twitter to the people at Quiver. I said, by chance, are you going to be running another sale on Amazon? Because I would love to get those. These super nice people at Quiver got back to me and said, Marty, I love your show. I love everything you've done for this this community. Can I just send you one for Christmas? And it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say no to that. I said, that is super nice of you. So he sent me one. And I got it, and I was like just raving over it. And I said, oh, man. I said, Tony's going to be so jealous of this. Well, unbeknownst to me, Tony, just one day another showed up, and he sent me an email, a private email, saying, did you get the one for Tony? And I thought that was just super nice of him. And I, told him nice. and I told him, I said, you know, we're going to talk about it on the show. And he said, no, 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 no. He said, you guys don't have to. He said, I'm not doing this to try to get free promotion or free press or anything. He said, I just enjoy you guys' show, and I just want to, to enjoy this product. Well, Tony, that did take the pressure off because if we didn't like it, we wouldn't have to talk about it. But that is a fine product right there. It is, especially when you discover what it is. It's incredible. I'm like... And then you open it up. I was like, oh, okay, okay, I'm getting this. And then suddenly your mind starts going to, how can I use this? Where can I do that? And I'm thinking, okay, I can put my incredible Keyforge deck in there. I can put all the card games that we carry around. I could have, I mean, it would have taken up, it takes up less space in the boxes. I mean, it is just so cool. And without games, without boards, of course, they can go in there too. Or, you know, who knows? Maybe you can cut down your board and slide it in there too if you want to. I don't know. Be creative. I basically took uh, uh, all my Keyforge decks, four or five Keyforge decks. I took my Lord of, not Lord of the Rings deck. I took my Arkham Horror deck, the Mythos deck that goes along with it. And it only took all that only took up like 25% of the case. So I still got 75% empty space in my case for putting anything I want. It will hold a massive amount of cards. And you can get those on Amazon. Is that correct? You can go to a a Amazon. Uh, they have a website and we'll put it in our show notes. Oh, crap. Hold on. Let me get my pen. <laughs> So again, thank you so much. This they they did send us one out of the goodness of their heart. This was not for us to promote, but I wanted to because it's a flipping good product, and because I've heard that before. I've heard people say how much they love them. I've seen them out in the wild, but never had to had a chance to get my hands on one. Like I said, the shell for this thing is tough. You could drop it. It won't damage your cards. It came with some um, card sleeves for protecting your decks and everything. It is just a fine fine product and think of how we can be able to carry our stuff down to tantrum con sweet yep. on saturday oh and then think about the cards fall i did i had a bunch of cards fall out on me when we were traveling because when i went to florida i had a bunch of decks of various cards and pfft, they fell out over there my diamonds fell over the place oh, it was nasty so oh and there's like a little there's a like a little uh elastic compartment in the lid for this so that you could put your tokens the diamonds um, et cetera in there. Or you could just like put them in, in the main compartment. And that's right. I forgot. I put all my tokens in there too, without a problem. And they came, they sent us really two cool colors. I got purple. You got teal. 
which just happens to be the Charlotte Hornets colors. Now, I am going to speed this up a little bit because we got to get two things. Now, I see in our show note, Think Peak. Right after Christmas, uh, my wife was going down to Mississippi to spend time with her family. Her brother-in-law is a huge Arkham Horror fan and has been for many, 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 many years. He got a copy of Arkham Horror 3rd Edition and loves it. Vanessa drives down through Greenville going down to Mississippi where the designer of Arkham Horror, Richard Launius, lives. Richard Launius is off the grid. <laughs> he doesn't have social media or anything, but I knew our good friend Pete Shirey, who works at Seamon, uh, is a good friend of Pete, and they live near each other. A good friend of... Uh, Richard. And so they live near each other. So I contacted, I said, do you think there's any way he could possibly get this book signed? Pete said, you know what? Let me contact Richard. Richard had an extra copy of this book. It is the deluxe rule book for the Arkham Horror third edition. It has a bunch of nice lore in it, has the rules in it. It's a really nice book. Richard said, I'll sign my copy and then, and then I'll give it to Pete. And then Vanessa can give uh, them back the copy that she bought that she's originally going to give to Bob so that Richard will still have a copy. Pete went over to Richard's. Richard signed it. Very nice of Richard to do so. Pete brought it back. And when Vanessa drove through Greenville, went over to Pete's house, got the book, and uh, she said her brother was just floored. He was so surprised and, and just moved by the fact that the designer of Arkham Horror signed it. So a big thank you to Pete for setting that up for us because it really made her brother's uh, Christmas. I bet it did. That is just so nice of Pete. And, but Pete's a great guy. Richard's a great guy. They come to the barbecue and I uh, can't wait. I hope I hope to see him at uh, the Tantrum Con. I'm really looking forward to that. And speaking of Christmas, one last thing before we got get out of here. Vanessa did something really, really cool this year. She had this whole thematic thing of gifts that she was going to give me for Christmas. And she did it from the perspective of going to conventions where the gifts that she gave had to do with convention going or attending conventions. And so I thought she did such a great job. She said that she would come in here and read the poem that she wrote. And then I would say what each of the gifts uh, that she gave related to the poem. So I'm going to bring Vanessa into the studio and uh, let her read this. Is that all right with you? That works for me. It gives me time to respond to a couple of emails we got about our recent video we released that I'm sure you'll talk about in the outro. Okay. Hey, Vanessa? Yeah, come on in here. Hey, guys. What's going on? Hey, thanks for coming up. I just wanted you to read that really nice little Christmas poem that you wrote me as I opened up gifts over Christmas. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but, but before we get started, even though it's past Christmas, let's put in a little Christmas music. Okay. was a normal random evening, and all through the house, the Connells were stirring, especially Marty with his mouse. He sat by the computer without a care, and then the date of a convention was suddenly there. Open gift number one. This was the really cool Arkham Horror calendar that uh, FFG just came out with. Loved it. He fretted, and he worried about the current fad. Then remembering his good friend Rodney, realized it is always plaid. Open gift number two. Which was a plaid shirt, but I'm not copying Rodney. I just like plaid shirts, all right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. With shirt in the suitcase, he took one last glance. Good thing he did, because he had forgotten his pants. Gift number three. This one wasn't too hard to figure out. It was it was some nice pants. But it rhymed. <laughs> when on the TV there arose talk of the weather, Marty decided he had better... 
pack a sweater. And then I got a sweater. <laughs> but most of the conventions are in like the summertime. So I can use it for like uh, like uh, BGG Connor or something. Yeah. I know you go to some in November. And you go to places in January and February <laughs> and March. <laughs> Now, while waiting in airports through flights and delays, there is always the question of what game gets the most plays. Oh, this was so exciting. A Nintendo Switch! You knew it was coming. You knew you were getting it. And at every convention from January through November, because see, that's all the months that you go to the conventions, January through November. So I need to add, and one, at I need every to add con- one for December? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> and at every convention from January through November, Marty must buy a little something to help him remember. Because I can't remember the rules to Arkham Horror. It was the really nice deluxe version of the Arkham Horror 3rd Edition rulebook. A wonderful thing about all these conventions is spending time with good friends, playing games, laughing at jokes, and often, very often, very bad puns. Chaz. (laughs) But the very best part of every convention is coming back home to his wife and his sons. That's where I got for Clipped, because that was so nice, but then you got me a copy of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, which is something that every son got, and now we've been sitting around beating the mess out of each other. (laughs) Yep, it it was quite the Switch and Smash Christmas. (laughs) Thank you, Vanessa. That was really cool of you to do something like that. Take the Towards the Night Before Christmas and twist it up, make it con going. And uh, but I must must say something, Tony. She she gave me that plaid shirt because Rodney wears plaid. I'm going to say this: the reason why Rodney wears plaid is I don't think that that's just he loves plaid. It's hard to find solid color shirts anymore. That's all I wear is solid color shirts. Okay, you know? where do you find solid color shirts? I go to places like Old Navy and stuff like that, and it's always plaid or printed type shirts. Cole's clearance rack in Target. Okay. So, so I'm just going to say, plaid doesn't mean I'm copying Rodney. It's just that that's the hardest thing to find. But, oh my gosh, I was super surprised with a Nintendo Switch, so I get to play me some video games. And I'm excited because now Asmo Day is coming out with their games on the Switch, so I hope to try some of those out. And I think just recently they released Carcassonne. Well, maybe I'll get to see this someday. Maybe if we go have lunch, you can bring your Switch with us since you're bringing your Switch to work and playing during your lunch break. Well, yeah. So I took a dock and connected it to one of my monitors. I shut the door, switch inputs over to the Switch, and start playing there for like 30 minutes. It was great. I was playing Diablo today. So the Switch inputs over to the Switch? I switched the input over to the Switch. Yep. Okay. All right. And you got to play the original Diablo? Uh, Diablo 3. Oh, okay. All right. All right. We'll see. I've played that. I don't need to play it again. Yeah, right. I'd love to play it again. That's- it works surprisingly well on the Switch. <laughs> really well. I'm so used to the mouse and keyboard, and I thought, this ain't going to work well. No, nah, it works pretty darn well. I don't want to talk about all this. What do you want to talk about then? I'll tell you what. Let's get the flying squirrels out of the cage, and let's, let's spend a little time there. That way we can stop rambling and actually have two minutes of consecutive thought. portalgames.pl slash en. Get that address, typed in, save, don't empty your cache because PortalCon is just... Cache? Isn't it cash? But you said cache. Did I say cache? Are you, you sure? You did say cache. I'm positive. Wait, here, hold on, listen. <laughs> empty your cache. See? Cache. Ah, you're right. So... <laughs> Go to portalgames.pl slash en. You know, Ignacy does pay for this stuff. So anyway, <laughs> portalgames.pl. 
Yeah, but Tony, his 30 seconds is up. So I'm sorry, Ignacy, because we spent so much time talking about cachet. Yeah, but we can talk about more when he does every announcement he possibly can in a live stream. So excited for this. Can't wait to see what 2019 is. In his recent vlog, he showed his whiteboard. You talking about for PortalCon? Yeah, for Once Portal again, Con. you jump to the conclusion and don't give the subject. I did say PortalCon at the beginning. No, of the you, no, no you just sit there and said, you, he said, and watch his live stream of what? Of his keynote from PortalCon. Keynote from PortalCon, fine. But his vlog today, he showed his whiteboard and it was blank. So hopefully by the time he gets to PortalCon, that thing will be filled up. Very excited for what's in store with Portal. We do know a couple of things. First off, Robinson expansion is going to be released. We know the Detective expansion is going to be released. And we may have another amazing expansion to Imperial Settlers. Who knows what's coming from Portal Games. And we've also got like Stronghold Undead. We better have Stronghold Undead. I'm not holding my breath. Okay. Portalgames.pl slash en. Cache. It's time for Flying Squirrels, two-minute discussions on topics that have our attention. For now. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. This is our first Flying Squirrels of 2019. And for those who've never heard Flying Squirrels, what we're going to do is each of us are going to take two minutes, just two minutes to talk about any topic that we want to. And at the end of that two minutes, you're going to hear this sound indicating it's time for the next person to go. Tony, are you ready to start? Uh, Let me get my timer set and I will be ready to go. All right, Marty, I'm going to admit it. Apps are taking over my world with the iPad. Yes, my iPad can now play apps, and I am loaded up all these apps that I have bought previously when they were on sale. Matter of fact, on my flight down to Florida, I had Sentinels of the Multiverse. I actually got to play that game. I've never played it before. It was a blast on the iPad. I'm getting used to this. Donna and I, every night, we play Potion Explosion on the iPad. We sit there and pass it back and forth. It makes things so much easier. And then, of course, I forgot all this stuff I had. I got Puerto Rico, baseball, 2045. It it doesn't stop. I need to get on to the Apple's iTunes store to see what else might be out there. Oh, wait, there's Mysterium. That's out there. Oh, Marty, I don't know if I'm ever going to actually sit at a table again because I'm doing it all on the iPad. Have you played Warhammer Champions? Oh, Warhammer Champions. Yes, I've played Warhammer. Almost scanned in all my cards, too. It's amazing just how easy it is. And I can understand why people say, well, you know, I've never played the board game. Because, I mean, the app sets it all up for you. I totally get that. And that's cool that you play, sit there playing with Don and stuff. But, man, I I just do not get into playing on the apps on the iPad for some reason. Maybe it's the touchscreen or something. I don't I don't know what it is. I do not play a lot of games on my phone or iPad. Of any game. Not, not just board games. Any game. I, I can understand that. But, I mean, I guess maybe it's also the games. I don't want to say simple games, but games that are fairly easy to do without, you know, dragging parts around a board. That's why a lot of these are card games. So once again, I'm very excited, but discouraged with just how much time I've got into the <laughs> iPad in the games. Just excited, but discouraged. Well, look, why don't you go and uh, get uh, through the ages and learn how to play that. And let's play that sometime. Oh yeah. I'm playing Twilight Struggle too. Good. Then you could teach me. Tony, as if this recording, it's only January 8th, but guess what? There's already a Kickstarter coming out that I am super excited about. This game came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And as soon as I saw it, it's like, I'm in. 
Gray Fox Games has a uh, game that just is going to be coming out on Kickstarter, or is that now? It came out January 10th, War of the Worlds, The New Wave. Tony, I don't know if you know this, but I am a huge War of the Worlds fan. When I was a kid and first read that book, I was just enthralled with that universe. Late 1800s England, Martians coming down. They have these machines with heat waves and everything, and, and they're destroying the world. It's like, how are they going to get out of this? And you probably know, but I don't want to spoil it in case you don't know. So I was super excited to see a board game coming out themed with War of the Worlds. But then I started digging into it. It's a deck builder. You and I like deck builders, right? Mm -hmm, Typically. Just a little bit. Yep. I love my deck builders. I obviously said. One of the things that we liked uh, a couple years ago was Tyrants of the Underdark because it Mm -hmm. was a board game, but uses deck building components uh, or mechanics. Same with Clank. This is the same thing. It's a deck builder, but you're trying to put units out on the board to, to fight the other person. Which means also one person is playing as the Martians, one person is playing as the humans, so there it's asymmetric. Something else that yet I like in a board game. So, War of the Worlds, deck building game, but uses deck building in a board game uh, mechanic. The art is incredible. I love the art of this game. It reminds me of like Brass Birmingham. I just like that style, that look of that late 1800s Victorian age type stuff. The art is great. Tony, I cannot wait to play this game. I hope it's good. It's, it checks off a lot of box for me. It's currently on Kickstarter, Gray Fox Games. Alex uh, from Gray Fox is from Dukes of Dice. Sent me the rules over. I've been reading over the rules. I'm itching to try it, man. I, what's really impressive is, obviously, you're mentioning a Kickstarter, which is unusual. Usually that's my job. So I guess I kind of need to pay attention to this because if you're excited, that means I need to be excited. All right, Marty talked a lot about his games that he got to play over Christmas. Now I'm going to talk about mine in two minutes. This is going to be real simple. First off was Railroad Inc., the blue edition. That's right. We put that on the table. It was me, Donna, Rebecca, and my mother-in-law. And let's just say, Rebecca and Donna enjoyed it. And we'll leave it right at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say. They enjoyed it. And actually, Donna had an incredible score. She connected 11 of the 12 exits, which was pretty darn impressive. Now, the fun part of that was trying to teach them how to score. So I got to score four sheets for them at the end of each game, and then we put it away. We also got to play The Pit. You know, that fast action card game with the bell in it where you're trying to trade commodities. That game is old, 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 but I still love playing it over Christmas. Then, of course, we've got to play Oh Hell, also known as Old Pasha, one of their favorite games. And I could not go without playing Ticket to Ride over Christmas because that is my mother-in-law's favorite game. But once again, Rebecca dominated a little nut. She is a Ticket to Ride killer. She admitted that that's one of her favorite games, and I can understand why. I think she got close to 160 points, but then again, she kept pulling all these tickets that matched up to her network, and then her mother did something mean. I thought there was going to be a flippage of a board. She did block one of her paths. I was like, you go, Donna. And of course, we can't end the whole Christmas series without playing Five Crowns. Marty, have you ever played Five Crowns? I have not played Five Crowns. And I doubt you ever will because it's a simple card game as set collections and run building and where the number of cards dealt is so that card is the wild card so if i've dealt you five cards then the fives are wild yes that's right but if you draw a card then you have six six aren't wild it's still five and donna often forgets that either way that was my board gaming over christmas back to you marty Wow. Wow. Bravo. Thank you. Thank Bravo. You. 
this next story is one of those that I sent to Tony, and Tony said, "Why should I care about this?" But I don't care uh, about this. A, a lot of a lot of people may care. So, Gamma is the Game Manufacturers Association, and the Gamma organization was put in place to help uh, retailers and distributors to get together uh, to learn about games, and for distributors and publishers to teach retailers about the types of games they're coming out, etc. Gamma is also responsible for the Origins Gaming Convention, which we really like. Well, there's been a little bit of drama over the past year with Gamma, and the most recent is, is that longtime Gamma board member uh, Mike Stackpole, who's been there for decades, has resigned his position. And it wasn't just he resigned, he listed his reasons why he designed. And there's a little bit of drama here, Tony. One is productivity. He said since June, the board has had more meetings than ever before and has done less than ever before. He said one time it took them 45 minutes to word a resolution empowering a committee to hire a lawyer to negotiate with another lawyer. Tony, I've had meetings like that. How about you? Oh yeah. I mean, isn't that business? Come on. <laughs> that's that's true. But I guess they used to be a little bit better with it, with their meetings and everything. Uh, they also had an issue with uh, executive director John Ward has been there for years. He stepped down. There was a, a vote of confidence with him, and he's no longer with them. They've hired a, a new director. They had an issue last year at Gen Con, one of the board members um, harassing somebody at Gen Con. And instead of kicking them off the board, they were censored. He was not happy about that. He said the communications have not been good. So... People are like, why does this matter? Well, it's a big deal because this is a major organization. And if there's problems and drama in this organization, will it spill out to over, over things? Will it affect the Gamma Fair? Will it affect Origins? And Tony, do you even care at all? No, but the last time there was a vote of no confidence, the dark side took over. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, well, okay. Well, anyway, I just thought it was interesting. So you can read more about this. We'll put the article, the ICV2 article in, oh, in our, <laughs> write that down if you want to read uh, more about this. Anyway, just a lot of stuff going on at, at, at uh, Gamma if you want to peek behind the curtains and see what goes on in some of these organizations. So Marty talked a little bit about a Kickstarter here just a few minutes ago, didn't you, Marty? War of the Worlds. Yep, War of the Worlds. You, you did that. What was that bling? That bling was my new phone. Oh, God. <laughs> That you can't mute during the recording? Well, let me put it to you like this. I haven't learned how to use it. My old phone, which, by the way, was going to be one of my squirrelies, which was an S4 from 2013. So I got a new phone. And I don't know how. See, it, this one doesn't flip open like my old one. Okay, how meta is this? This is a squirrel within a squirrel. But anyway, I don't know how much time I got left. So I got to cover this quick. Because anyway, this Kickstarter that came out, this is from Eagle Games. There is going to be an expansion to Railways of the World called Railways of Portugal. Why is this important? Because because when this show drops, you'll only have five days to get it, to back it. Now, of course, you'll be able to buy in retail. But Marty, why is this so important to you? It's because the designer of the expansion is Vital Lasarda. And what did he design that you really like? That's right. Lisboa, a game I've never <laughs> gotten to play. And the did Gallerist. You, did you ever play the Gallerist? It's good, too. No. And here they are both good. Either way, what I really find amazing about this is, first off, Railways of the World, one of my favorite. One day that you'll hopefully get to play that game. I want to. The way they have done their, you know how you always have funding levels to get other things? Oh, sure. They did it by backers, not by dollar amount. That's pretty flipping cool. So even if someone backs it for a dollar, that helps towards the ultimate goal of getting additional rewards. I've never seen that before on a Kickstarter. Have you? I have not. I'm sitting here just like you hovering over the backing button thinking, 
Ooh, Railways of Portugal. I know Nippon was for two, three, and four players. This one also gives you that ability to narrow down and have a tighter board. So I'm all uh, excited about this. I think this one's going to be my first buy of 2019. Once again, that is by Eagle Games, Vital Lasardas, Railways of Portugal. One of our favorite episodes we'd love to do each year is our summer movie episode where we look at the big movies going to be coming out over the summer. We pick which ones we think we're going to do well. So Typically, Tony, we try to keep up with big movies, and you and I go and watch a lot of movies, and it's award season, Tony. Sure, sure. The biggest awards that's coming out later on is the Squirrelies, but there's these couple other things like the Academies and the Golden Globes that just happened. And Tony, I don't know, did you watch a lot of the Golden Globes a couple weeks ago? I watched maybe five minutes at the most, and that was it. Well, I was just excited to see a couple potential winners, and one of them I was super excited about, the animated movie now tony i've told you you need to go see the spider-man multiverse movie because it's amazing it won a golden globe for best animated movie tell me tony as of this day recording january 8th have you seen it no because i was going to go see it tonight while i was in orlando but i had to record this episode oh no 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 no! you don't drop that stuff on me do you go see it tomorrow night no it's not five dollar tuesday night oh my gosh you are on this is a work trip you write that stuff off no you don't do that but no i have not seen it i hope to see it in the coming weeks anyway it's an amazing movie i was so excited to see it win and hopefully that opens up other animated movies that can come to the big screen especially superhero movies dc has been doing it for many many years direct to dvd and, and dc has some amazing movies uh animated movies in fact if you've never seen under the red hood i highly recommend going to see that but the other big award i was excited about and was totally surprised was the movie of the year was bohemian rhapsody and it was really cool to see Good. brian may and roger taylor from queen there with all the actors and, and directors and everything to accept the award. So it was really cool to see this band that I've loved for decades had this movie made about them and, and win the Golden Globe. So if you haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, I highly recommend seeing that too. I did see The Killing Joke. What did you think of The Killing Joke? So good. I will say with The Killing Joke, I think you can skip the first part and go straight to the part where the, where the book is based on. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. We've mentioned Keyforge a few times here on the show, and granted that the starter box comes with a set of tokens, but anytime I get into board games, I love getting nice acrylic tokens, and typically I buy those maybe from Team Covenant or Litco, but I'm excited to announce that Broken Token now carries a line of acrylic tokens, and one of them is specifically for Keyforge. I got a set of those, and Tony, they are amazing. Super thick acrylic. They have uh, tokens for shields and stuns and uh, your bonus powers and damage. They have a nice little uh, a wooden tracker for your chains. It is an amazing set of tokens that personally I like way better than Team Covenant and is way cheaper uh, than Team Covenant. So if you want to go check out their line of tokens, you could do so at thebrokentoken.com. And while you're there, you can check out the brand new organizer for Fireball Island, which Tony, you have, and maybe you need to get this organizer to keep that thing nice looking and, 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 a, de and a good box and everything. So you could check out all their tokens and that brand new organizer over at thebrokentoken.com. Five-minute initiative begins in three, two, 
one. We were excited to try out a brand new game that uh, Stormcrest and Game Salute just sent us called Master of Wills. This is a game by Randy Van Gelder, artwork by Josh Calloway, and this is a game for either two or four players. And when somebody says, hey, would you be interested in checking out a two-player guard game, Tony, you, you and I usually say, yeah, we like check that out. Yeah, because that seems to be what we always play i mean didn't we get back into this with two-player card games lord of the rings android netrunner netrunner android i mean we'd, we'd play them all but this game when you put it out and you said hey go look at the rules watch them online i was like sure wait these videos are short. I can handle this. It, it is. It's a very easy game to learn. You put out a board out in front of you, and the board is divided into seven sections. There's a center section called the neutral zone. Then each of you have a section on each of your side, rows on each of your side. One is called recruits, uh, loyalists, and allies is the one closest to you. And at the beginning of the game, these cards are going to go out in the middle of that neutral zone, and each of you have a faction deck, and each of our decks are, are unique. You have a, fa a faction deck that has certain types of cards that play differently than what I have. And a turn is pretty easy. You're going to take one of those cards out of that community area, and it's going to have a banner at the top that says, hey, this card goes straight to your recruits, your loyalists, or your allies. But once you do that, there may be some numbers in the upper right-hand corner of that that tells you, hey, you need to move other cards that's on the board based on a color. Say maybe it has a plus four purple, which means take a purple card that's on the board and pull it towards you. Or maybe a minus two red. Take a red card that's on the board and push it away from you. And the goal of the game is, is over a course of eight rounds, try to get as many of those cards on your side of the board as possible as each of those cards have victory points. And you're going to add the victory points at the end of eight rounds and the person with the most points wins. But Tony, while the rules are pretty simple, simple, it's a very tactical game of trying to decide what card to play, what card to push, what card to pull, how to use your faction cards, because only certain cards that you pick from the middle will activate your faction cards that you can play during your turn. There's a lot to this game as far as the thinkiness of it. I, I agree with you from the standpoint of I need those big victory point cards on my side. Ooh, but to get those, I'm going to possibly be pushing other cards to your side because once a card ends up in the allies, it cannot be moved. It is locked and loaded. There's no more moving that card. And not all cards are positive. Some are negative. Now, Marty, one of the things I really enjoyed about this game is that there are other factions that are available and you are actually building a deck. You and I could prior to playing, could build a deck and challenge each other to this game. The community cards are generic to everybody, which is, as you said, how you pull them, but it's the, those fa faction cards. You could get some pretty darn mean combinations out of those things. When we first started playing, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm pushing a few cards here or there. But then the strategy kicked in, and that really floored me. I was surprised. And there were some hard choices that had to be made. Yeah, so the, the faction cards is where you can do the really cool stuff that you set. And each of the faction cards have their own use set, unique set of icons that are easy to understand. Each of you have a faction card that explains what the icons do. So at the end of your turn, you actually draw a faction card and play one from your hand and do something cool with it. And they do all sorts of different things. And there's different types. There's legendary cards, and there's epic cards and there's common cards and you can only have a certain number of each of those cards in your deck and your deck consists of from 20 to 30 cards so that is the strategy part come in i'm gonna build my own deck and play against you tony and let's just see see how it plays the game plays fast man what 30 to 45 minutes at the most 
reset and play again. It's easy to set up and play. For me, I dug this. I, I dug the fact that, all right, I got to pick a card and put it in the area. But now I have to resolve those movement icons in the upper right. Sometimes it would be beneficial to me. Sometimes they might help you out. But hopefully over the course of a long-term strategy, I would end up with more of the good cards on my side. Yeah, I, I agree with you. A game that caught me off guard. It came out in 2017. Hadn't heard anything about it. So happy to try this out. You know, one of those games where we finished, I started immediately thinking, what type of deck would I build? I want to go read cards. All of that stuff are things that I enjoy in a game. So if you get a chance, definitely take a look at Master of Wills. Now, Marty, this is by Stormcrest Games, and it is being released by, say it for me because I'll screw it up. Co-published with Game Salute. Game Salute. There you go. So be sure to check that out. That's Master of Wills. Five-minute initiative is complete. As we mentioned at the start of the show, the name of this is I'm So Sorry. And it was in reference to a game that Marty and I got on the table. Not that the game was sorry. It was I was just so sorry that I was trying to teach Marty. And that game is too many bones undertow. So the game is not sorry. You're not sorry you taught the game. You're just sorry how you how you taught the game. Yes. I, okay. it, was, it was a typical Tony teaching. I've read this rule book multiple times. I've watched various videos. But when we got this thing on the table. Now, Marty. What? This. Okay, we're going to put it all here on the table right now. All here on the table. Here we go. This is it. This is, this is it. right here. It's on the table. This is not a review. This is just Marty and I just talking about this game because we need to definitely get the game to the table again and again and again. And I hope we do. Because in that learning game, there were some moments. I went back, found some mistakes. All in all, we did a good job with it, but I think we would have even more fun with this game now that we know some of the rules a little bit better. Yeah, and I actually talked to some other people who had played the game, and they went, yeah, they said that your your first game, your first couple of rounds, there are a lot of questions, a lot of things. You're flipping around the rule book a lot. It's like you'll flip to this page and learn how to do something else. You'll flip over to this other page. Uh, but uh, eventually we got to it, and people were probably like screaming, "What? what exactly is Undertow? Undertale was pretty much a co-op RPG type game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's go all the way back to Too Many Bones, Undertow, mm. designed by Adam Carlson and Josh Carlson, okay, published by Chip Theory Games. Now, I've never played Too Many Bones, the predecessor to this. I have not either, but I have seen it at Gen Con. Those Chip Theory always has an amazing booth. It's packed all the time, and I've always been super interested in it because people say, once you learn it, it is an awesome game. Go ahead and get this out of the way. Components, top notch. Oh, my gosh. Oh my dude, when you when you handed me the box and the box has a small footprint, mm -hmm. I could have like worked out with, with that. I just could have like laid back on the table and done some bench presses with that thing. Right. So instead of death by push-ups, depth by chip theory games. There you go. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. It's just full of dice and poker chips. Right. Clay chips. Not those cheap plasticky ones. No clay chips. clay chips. And nice neoprene mats oh. for your board because those neoprene mats have these cutouts where you're going to put your dice to modify the stats of your character. And there is the game for you and I. You're building a character mm -hmm. with dice. The dice, rolling the dice, being able to take skills based on the dice. But then I handed you the character sheet of Stanza 
and I was Duster. Those are the characters that come with you. Now, of course, this game can be played with the original Too Many Bones, or you can use characters from the original as well. So it's a standalone expansion, one to two players co-op. And you're basically trying to defeat a big baddie. And you're trying to get to that point of bringing the big baddie out and to defeat the big baddie. And along the ways, you're fighting minions. And the chips have various points to them. And those chips are basically a card draw. They have monsters on them. You have the one-point monsters, the three-point monsters, the five-point monsters, and the 20-point monsters. And based on your battle cue, number, which is an equation. Don't want to go into it right now, but it determines which monsters show up. If you can master the battle queue, then you've got this game. If you mantle the battle queue and battles, you've, you've got the game. You will have a blast playing, in my opinion. I don't know about you, Marty. Yeah, there, there's different aspects to it, right? There, there's the building of your character. There's taking points to increase your character's attack or defense or movement or unlocking new abilities and, and taking advantage of those abilities. And like you said, there's this concept of this battle queue where you... Uh, it determines the monsters and stuff you're going to battle that actually go onto another neoprene mat that have the these rows and columns of where these poker chips will sit. And then you go out on that mat and there's some of them come out in the ranged areas, some of them come out in melee areas. And then you're shifting those chips around the board as you're trying to go around and defeat those monsters. There's like an initiative track to determine who's going to attack when. And when the monsters attack on their turn, they they do have uh, the stats on the chips that tell you what to, to roll. And then when it comes back to your turn, you can roll like your standard attack dice or you can use your special... Like Stanza had some spells. He was a bard. And a bard is all like about buffs. So the characters play much like your standard like... Uh, fantasy D&D characters. Okay, and it was very simple. There was a flow chart for us to go on what you do on your move. And it was as long as we followed that, we were good to go. The recovery phase, training points, you know, you could build up on that. You can roll dice to increase your health. I mean, your attack or defense. You automatically can increase your dexterity, which was a unique concept, Marty. To me, your dexterity controlled your movement along with how many dice you could roll. Yeah, that was really cool. So your dexterity was like how many spots you can move and whatever you have left over is the number of dice you can use in your pool to do certain things. So maybe you use a pool of dice uh, for your spells or maybe for your attacks. But each of our characters were different, Tony, because Stanza had this concept of focus. So there are these focus die that I could put into place and then use those focus points to activate spells and abilities. And where Duster was an assassin, his job was about doing damage. He also had an ally, a little wolf, mm -hmm. that ran around along with him that could come out on the board, depending on the health of, of Duster. And you could upgrade the wolf as well. I like saying wolf. And, so, <laughs> and, and for me, Marty, one of the biggest things was you begin and you have an encounter and the encounter is flavor text, flip it, decide what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Now, you know me in flavor text. I do know you in flavor. In fact, I remember asking, do you want me to read this flavor text? And you went, well, yeah, because you never want to hear flavor text. That, that should blow your mind right there. I was actually enthralled in the story. And setting up the encounter deck, there's the same ones over and over, but you do get to pull certain ones out. So there's various ones. And even the big baddie has some, some encounter cards that go in. It was very unique. 
and I, I'm sitting here thinking, how's this story going to progress? What options we have? And based on the options we take, depends on the reward we get, the loot we get. We never got to um, hack a treasure box or try to lockpick. Like you said, at the end of the turn, you're going to get loot that you can use uh, potions and stuff like in a typical fantasy game. Uh, a round is basically like a day. Uh, we're going to draw an encounter card and then you go to the second day. And as your days progress, you talked about the calculations for the battle queue. It just means that the monsters are going to get, they're going to get tougher uh, and harder to, to defeat over the course of the game because the more days you play, the more points that mm -hmm. go, I did air quotes right there. Like people could see that the more points that go in your battle queue, which means those higher value monsters, the fives, the tens, et cetera, will come out as opposed to the ones and threes. Now there is the rub for me. Uh oh, there's a rub. I didn't know there was a rub. <sighs> there is. And I put it on some, on the barbecue the other night, but the rub is not the flavor text. All the text with the spells and the monsters. So this spell does this for me. This and this monster has this option, like open mind or mind meld or mm. or Vulcan mind meld. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> it was not Vulcan mind it meld. I can Vulcan, tell you that. Yeah, it was not that. But either way, there's there's sheets where you and I are constantly flipping and reading our sheets. But experience, education, all that yeah. will help you know this game. You'll say, oh, he's got bleed. That's going to do this. Oh, this monster's going to do that. Therefore, we don't want this to occur. So the first play, what's this do? What's this do? And like you said, as far as a lot of the text, each of our character sheets is, was a two-page character oh. sheet oh. with multiple columns of text. There's just a lot on there. It goes to show you the brilliance of the game because once you get into the, the rhythm of it, and like I had to understand how songs work. So stanza, the bard, is all about singing songs. And there's certain types of songs that you can sing. Some songs were for damage. Some songs were for buffs. And I had to decide which one of those skill sets or dice did I want to put uh, to make available to me to possibly sing those types of songs when I had enough focus to do so. So I was building my character over the course of the game, but I had to constantly kind of read the sheet and understand how it worked. And Tony, like you said, the monsters have their own separate two-page multi-column sheet to figure out how, how they do. There's a lot there, but that's the brilliance of the game. And, and once you got the basic rules down, you really only need to reference those character sheets, and that's it. And one of the things that we didn't mention is when you attack a monster with the attack dice, you have so many attack dice and defense dice that helps mitigate the damage or does damage to the monster you can miss you can roll bones you can roll the bones on there and that goes into this unique another unique concept the backup plan yeah which is part of your mat that gives you other actions or abilities as you fill that map if you want to use that special backup plan because you missed wait what are you saying mccree I miss, but I can actually build up and use those die. You sure can. I was like, okay, that's pretty darn freaking cool. Even though we didn't verbally say that the other night, I totally picked up on that too. Oh crap, I missed. But even though you missed, you get some sort of future benefit from it because then you can assign those dice, like you said, to your backup plan. And your backup plan is like a meter. And once you get enough dice in there, like you said, it'll activate other abilities. So missing isn't necessarily a bad thing. And sometimes you may you may want to. Because if you fill up your backup plan, you can initiate your innate plus one. You flip over your chip and you have more abilities. It was just really interesting. I like how you tracked health. Yeah, it was gimmicky with the chips, pull the chips away. But it was a neat way, you know, on the board. You're like, ooh, 
my chip, my I'm, my stack's getting kind of low. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny you say that. Again, you say it was gimmicky, but I thought it was just kind of a brilliant, simple way. Uh, when you go into battle, hey, I have seven health. I take seven of these little red chips and put them underneath underneath my main poker chip. Remove those as I take damage, and you do the same thing with the monsters. So you visually can always see how much health you have left. This character attacks the one with the least amount of health. Well, which stack's the lowest? Brilliant! There it is, yeah. right there. <laughs> that's that's right. So for us visually impaired individuals of our age, and you don't have to sit there and try to hold the chips way far out. Hey, I, I can see that right there. We're tracking elsewhere. So to end this, because like I said, we're not. We got to play it again and get. We're very impressed by the game and from what we've done. But when I finished this game, I learned more. Learned some of the mistakes we made. But it also wanted me to get the other characters. <laughs> yeah, and, and see what they do. And Tony, mm. with me, you're, you're right. That first 30 minutes, I was just sitting there basically watching you read the rule book. And you're like, wait a minute. I thought I understood how to do this. Read this. What do you think that means? I'm just sitting there staring and just going, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I saw. I knew it. I watched the videos. I knew it. But as the game progressed, I really got into it because I saw how the mechanics worked. And by the end, I was going, I get it. I see why people really enjoy this game. And I hate the night was over for us because to be honest with you, I would have turned around and say, let's play it again. We got this now because it's not really that long of a game. But, th- but once again, what about this spell? What about that? It's just like going back and playing an RPG character. Ooh, if I go down this path with this, how could that help? What about these encounters when I battle it? And there's a campaign mode. Oh my. Yeah, well, you can carry your char- characters over. And basically, like you said, the whole goal is to kill the big bad. Or if you run out of encounter cards or run out of number of days, then you lose. Once again, chip theory. I'm so glad we got this to the table. Who knows if we get it back to the table soon, we're putting out these videos. Maybe Marty can record us doing this and the setup will be, even if you speed up the setup time on this game, another con that may be like five minutes of of four times speed. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a while to get the encounter deck set up, but then again, I was reading what they all did. But anyway, too many bones, Undertow, designed by Adam Carlson, Josh Carlson. Yeah, I'm I'm real happy and looking forward to playing this again. Before we get out of here, it's time to announce our contest winners that we had announced in our last episode. We're going to be giving away signed copies of Portal Games and a $100 miniature market gift certificate. So if we're currently your background noise, you might want to pay attention to see if you can hear your name. From each one of those groups, you're going to win a special signed copy of a Portal game. Tony, let's go ahead and start. We'll start with the Facebook page where we had over 2,000 members on our Facebook page, and one of those is going to win a copy of Imperial Settlers, a signed copy of Imperial Settlers, plus some some promos. And the winner of that is Chris Hawkins. Yay! Do I count as a member of the Facebook page? Am I a member? You did, and if you would, if your number would have been drawn, I would have uh, picked another one. That's fine. I'm just kind of curious about that because as the owner, am I a member as well? I, I don't know. What does it matter? 
I'm just thinking about it because, you know, I'm over on that Facebook a lot. So, okay. That is a sarcasm tone right there. All right. So our next winner is for Robinson Crusoe, as primitive as he can be. Portal Game. Hey, that's a good book if you haven't ever read that book, by the way. Robinson Crusoe. Oh, that's, but it's Gilligan's Island as primitive as can be. This is for our BGG Guild winner. Paul Sanchez. That's right, Paul. You, you are the winner of Robinson Crusoe. He took a three-hour tour. And always, we love our podge... podge you've got me saying <laughs> podge pledge. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Because when I, when I edited the show last episode, you said podge pledge. I can't even count how many times. Probably more times than I say neat. So pod pledge. We love our pod pledge backers for supporting the show. Our winner there is going to win a signed copy of Nurishima Hex plus promos. And the winner there is Joe Ringbauer. Congrats, Joe. Golf clap, golf clap. Yay, golf Joe! Clap. Oh, such a good game. And once you get addicted to that, I cannot tell you how soon you should buy Monolith Arena. But it shouldn't be long. It shouldn't be long after that. That's for darn sure. So you can tell them. You said I can't tell you, but you can tell them. It should I be can soon. tell. It okay. should be very soon. It should be. I, well, I can't tell him to go out and do it, but I can suggest that he won't want to delay on that one because if hex grabs you then you really need to look at monolith arena mm. mm-hmm. good game good game now the big prize marty are we doing the big prize next or we- uh, let's go ahead and do the other i gotta think about it now pod pledge winner are you sure it's pod pledge or not podge pledge please stop i swear if i start paying <laughs> podge pledge i'm gonna have to get Chaz, who runs the site to change the name it's uh, okay and you can go out and be a member of our BGG Guild. That's number... 1589. 1589. That's right. 1589. Or go to our Facebook page where Marty is posting up some of our new videos. That's right. Videos about us playing board games are now on the air. Well, we, we tested this new format where it's going to... You and I sit down at the table and for the first time play a game and kind of give our thoughts midway through the game. And we did Master of Wills. So we set up the game. We recorded a little intro. Uh, We played a few rounds, gave our thoughts, finished the game, and gave our final thoughts. So if you want to go check that out, you can do so at uh, our YouTube page, uh, Roll Dice Take Names. Let us know what you think about that. That's just something we're kind of playing around with. It was really easy for us to set up. We didn't want to do a playthrough because that's kind of, I think that's kind of boring. Oh, yeah. And I didn't want, we didn't want to do a full review. It's just like, like you, you call it a gut check, Tony. It's just our gut impressions. Here it is. Here's what we think. And then we'll dig into it more. Like we do with Master of Wheels. We gave the videos our first impressions. And then what we did here was our final impressions after playing it multiple times. Now. Since we were able to delay long enough for this, and people mm-hmm. are still waiting for that $100. But we were going to go. We also added, we got a special copy from Restoration Game, of Fireball Island. And I don't know if we've mentioned this, over at Miniature Market, you can purchase. Not Miniature Market, The Broken Token. There you go. The Broken Token. You can get a new case that holds all the expansion. So we did mention that along wow. with their awesome Keyforge tokens, which I highly recommend you guys spend your money on that instead of a starter set from uh, Fantasy Flight. But anyway, go ahead. So along with that, I do not know how this happened. I was not part of this selection. Random draw. I, I did it. Draw. It was random. I double checked multiple times and this was who ended up winning. Does he not suck enough off of us? <laughs> Wait a minute. That came we're, out we're, wrong. We're, 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 <laughs> 
That came out really wrong. Oh my gosh. Actually, we probably owe him for all the times he's helped play games with us. So congratulations, Mark Kell, who is in our game group and is part of the Scurry Report. He has won a copy of Fireball Island. And like I said, he probably deserves it because we make him play all these games that he probably doesn't want to play with us so that we can we can check them out. And I did double check. There's nothing funny going on here. So congratulations, Mark. It just means we ain't got to ship it. I can just put it in your hands. And maybe he can, you know, put his helicopter together unlike I did. By the way, they have wood copy or they, the Broken Token did wooden versions of that. And you can still get it, keep it on a sheet. You don't have to put them together. They can still be Tony versions. I saw that. That in the mall, right? Yeah, yeah. Those are pretty darn cool. So, Marty, yes. more importantly, $100, $100 mm-hmm. to Miniature Market. Gift certificate, baby. This is worldwide. Anybody can win this thing. That's right. This is everything pulled together. This is Facebook. This is BGG. This is our backers. It's everybody. Your name's in it. Who's it going to be, Marty? Who is the lucky winner? The lucky winner comes from our Facebook group. Congratulations, Michael Minatello, you have won a $100 miniature market gift certificate. Actually, that's pretty awesome. Okay. (laughs) We're done. If we have a live studio on, it would have been a lot more exciting. You know, like we do at our squirrelies that are coming up in another month, another four to six weeks. When we have a live studio on, there's a lot more uh, energy in the room. So congratulations to all of our winners. You'll be hearing from us soon, and we'll be needing shipping addresses from those individuals who got the games from Portal. Thank you again, Ignacy, for donating those games and and celebrating of our six years of being background noise. And Miniature Market donating the $100 gift certificate. Thank you so much for that. And moving forward, we have a lot planned. We've got the Squirrelies coming up, along with a lot of other great reviews. Marty's got to teach me a bunch of games. Yeah, and actually... Tony, not only we got the squirrelies coming up, you and I have already working behind the scenes have been contacted by some people for our big Gen Con strike tournament. Hmm. Ooh, I don't We've already that's... started planning that. Yeah, we might want to figure that one out. I like maybe contacting a place to hold it and not the parking deck like it was almost last year. No, we got a good spot last year. So you be, be keeping an eye out for that. We, we won't be selling the tickets for a while, but we've actually had some uh, people contact us and said, hey, let us know a little bit more about this and how we could possibly work with you. So we're excited about that. I think they just want a cheap dinner. I think so too, which is fine. I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. That works for me too. So keep rolling dice and taking names. As always, thanks for listening. And if you want to, you can follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names, Instagram Dyson Names, our BGG Guild 1589, our Facebook page. Subscribe to us on YouTube as we're trying to put out some more YouTube videos this year. And we'll see you, or actually we'll hear you, or actually you'll hear us the next episode. Marty, can you cut in some white noise right now? Just a few seconds of white noise? Yeah, just put a few seconds of white noise. Okay, yeah, sure. Here it is. Okay, between that and what people just listened to for over an hour, I wonder what was more pleasing to them. Please don't put that in the poll because I don't want to see the results. MiniatureMarket.com has introduced The Drop, and this is how it works. Grab the deal today or roll the dice for a better deal tomorrow. Each day at 12.01 Central Time, they'll announce a new drop deal. 
the given item will be discounted by a daily drop percentage. The drop percentage and available quantities will vary per item. Their current selling price will be reduced by initial percentage daily with further reductions each subsequent day. And this will continue while supplies last. Do you take a chance? Buy it when it goes on sale or hope that there's enough supply that it keeps dropping in price. That's your call to make. But if anything, be sure to check back to their site daily at theminiaturesmarket.com.